Men, you've been waiting a long time. Are you ready? This is the Battle Podcast. Welcome to the battle. I'm your host, John Durham. And I'm Ray Flannery. How y'all doing tonight? Ray, man, what's up? No more Ray Ray all day? What happened? Nah, that was just a one-time deal, brother. (laughs) (laughs) A one-time deal, man. You know what? Don't tease the audience, bro. I mean, you're going to have your own little call sign. You don't come out with it one week and just get rid of it the next, brother. Well, you know, as this podcast gets going, you know, I'm going to find my groove. I'm going to get in there somewhere. Oh, you're going to get in there somewhere. All right. (laughs) Well, we're going to get in our groove tonight because tonight's topic is going to be something that's near and dear to my heart. And it'd be, I'm just going to warn you right off the right out the gate, man, because I might get a little bit excited tonight because this is a that's topic. That's all right, man. That, that's uh, what this is about. Well, it's just a topic I think that we really need to nail down on. And, and it's a question every man needs to ask himself, not only just personally, but collaboratively as men. And the question is, is are we ready? And to be completely honest with you, when I started thinking about this and started putting things together, you know, I had a resounding answer to this question. And unfortunately, it was for most of us, the answer is no. Truth. So and, true. you know, it's, it's actually really a sad thing. And it's, to be honest with you, I think it's a cultural issue that we're facing today in, in America. Um, yeah, man. And, and what even I mean, those who think we're ready, we ain't really ready. Well, we talked about it last week when we talked about the battle. If you're not engaged in the battle and don't even know you're in a battle, how could you ever possibly be ready? And so right. we, we already know after talking last week that there are a lot of dudes that have checked out that have no idea there's even a battle going on. But mm-hmm. on top of that, when we start looking at our culture and the way things are, that are panning out as far as us as American males, it's painfully obvious that most American men are not ready. True. And when I'm ta- and you know talking about what does it mean to be ready? I mean, we're just talking about being ready to be a man. You know. And, oh, yeah. and you know, I, I was sitting there the other day, and I was I was thinking about you know right now we've got this COVID nineteen going on right, and they're calling it this this pandemic, and uh, mm-hmm. we've heard it called as the silent killer. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've heard that, but I've heard it a few times in the news. People are talking about it. Um. But I think that we got an even worse silent killer, and it's an epidemic in our country today. And I think that's the lack of fathers. True. And, and, Too and that's true. the reason, truly. It really, that's, man, I mean, that's really why we're not ready. We, we, got, we got a lot of dudes that are, that are coming up without dads. And that's, that's a very scary reality for a lot of people. And then we look at these guys and we expect them to be ready. And they have no idea what it is to be ready because they haven't been taught by a man what it is to be a man. So That's it, John. And the problem is, is that most of these men or boys don't have a man to show them what it is to really be a man. Well, I took the liberty this last week. I was going through some statistics because I started asking the question, like, you know, why are we not, you know, why are we not ready? I mean, what is keeping men in America today from being ready? And, you know, I started drilling it down and I started thinking, you know, about the fact that, the, you know, the lack of fathers in the home. And I got some, some alarming statistics that came out of this. Do you realize 
sex and Christian marriages, 40 to 50% of them end in divorce. Man. They're almost identical. That's sad. I mean, they're almost identical. So even in the even in the Christian world that we live in, we have just as many divorces as there are in the secular world. So what does that create? Hmm. Well, that creates single parents, right? Right. I mean, right now, in our country, right now, 51% of uh, African-American males don't have a father in a home. Wow, 51? And then when you look at it from this, Lat- Latinos, Latin men, 37%. And then- Man, that's Caucasian, alarming. Well, this is the one that's even more alarming because we, we sit there and, and we, we look at uh, these other groups of folks and we think, well, that's where the problem is. But 21% of Caucasian males are living in a home without a father. Now, when you look at the fact that our country is primarily Caucasian, that means there's a whole lot more Caucasian homes without fathers than we than we think there are, right? So, yeah. what does that tell you? We, we've well, got a when you add them all together, too, when you look at the the African American, the Spanish, and the Caucasian, I mean, that's almost half of the population that's growing up without a father. Well, and then you look at it from this standpoint, too. I mean, that's just people without a father in the home, right? Now, what about the ones that have fathers in the homes that are either checked out, disconnected, uh, not involved, taking a back seat? Well, if you look at the other side of the spectrum, I mean, what about fathers that are abusive, not only verbally, but physically, sometimes sexually abusive? There, there's a lot of issues in our country today when it comes to fathers. And because we lack the father... We have a bunch of boys running around with beards. And quite Jeez. honestly, it's not even their fault. I mean, yep. we're, we're expecting uh, men to be raised and taught how to be men by women. Yeah. And the women, no offense against any women out there, women do a hell of a job getting this done. They do their absolute best without a doubt. But it's a completely unfair situation to put them in because a woman cannot validate a man only a man can validate another man well i mean you take it a step further right think about it from this perspective how does a woman teach a young boy how to be a man when she's not even a man i mean i can't teach a young i can't teach a young girl how to be a woman i'm not a woman no i have no idea what it is to be a woman i mean we, I mean, I say that, but, you know, we all have our idea of what the ideal picture of what a man should be or what the ideal picture of what a woman should be, you know, based on whatever upbringing we have or the, the moral compass that we have inside of us. But at the end of the day, I mean, that differs for everybody. So my idea of what a woman should be and what, a, what a, another person's idea of what a woman should be is totally different. And I have no idea what that is from a female perspective because I'm a guy, I'm a right. dude. Right, exactly. And you know what? We shouldn't be expected to know how to raise a woman, just as a woman shouldn't be expected to know how to raise a man. And you hit on a good point there that, you know, there's a lot of men out there that who are home, are with their children and with their kids, but they're checked out. You know, they come home from work, they go sit on a sit on a sofa, grab a beer. They want nothing to do with what their kids are doing or the upbringing of their kids. We can't do that as men, dude. We have to step up and stand in there and be the men 
to raise this next generation of men? Well, it's not an option. I mean, when you, when you become a father, your whole sense of self needs to just go out the window. I mean, when you, oh, yeah. when you, when you make the decision that you're going to be in, in a relationship and then father a child, it ain't about you anymore. I'm sorry. And these nope. guys that are walking around thinking that it's all about them and that's th- that they don't have to worry about it, that these uh, that women can raise their kids for them. And all they got to do is send money or put money in the till or pay for the groceries or put a roof over their head. That's a bunch of crap. And quite honestly, it's a, just a, it's a cop out. It's a cop out for laziness. It's a cop out for selfishness. It's a, it's a cop out to be able to do whatever the hell you want, whenever you want to do it, and then put all the, the iotas on the mother. And, right. you know, we, what, what cracks me up is men get so aggravated and infuriated with the way that we're portrayed in America on, on TV, for instance. You know, the father is always the bumbling idiot. Well, you know, Homer quit acting, what's that? Homer What'd Simpson. Right? Homer, Homer yeah. Simpson. He's either the bumbling idiot or he's over the top aggressive or he just has no clue of what's going on. He's helpless. And, you know, I mean, these 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 commercials, these videos, these sitcoms, they always want to portray the father like he can't even change a diaper or feed his kid. Well, I got news for you. I've got two kids. I've cleaned up plenty of puke, wiped plenty of hineys, changed many of diapers. And I have fed my children. Oh, yeah. And this whole thing of babysitting your own children, that, that doesn't exist. You don't babysit your own child. Okay. So th- this, this, this facade of helplessness that we have going on out there for men, that they don't have the ability or we don't have the capability of loving and taking care of and providing for our children is a joke. And quite honestly, as a man, it, it actually, it just, to be honest with you, it just pisses me off because I sit back uh, and I look at this and go, who are these dudes that they're trying to portray? Because that ain't me, you know, and I'm far from perfect, but I ain't that dude. I don't have a problem with, with taking care of my kids. I don't have a problem with talking to my kids, but the reality of it is there are a lot of dudes that do. There are a lot of guys out there right now. Oh, that, that have. Go ahead. Yeah. There's so many parents out there that see their kids as a burden. You know, they see their kids as, you know, Oh, just one other thing that they got to do. One other thing they got to take care of. Why didn't the wife take care of everything? I'm putting food on the table. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like you said, that's laziness. Because I mean, right here in Psalms 127, three through five, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a child born in one use. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. They're blessings, man. We, we, we should treat them like blessings. We should stand up, be dads, do what we're supposed to do, raise them as we're supposed to raise them. You make a great point there because that's exactly what it is, is it's a blessing. It's a gift. God has blessed us with the ability to be a father. Okay. And, you know, I'm not just talking to fathers out there, too. I'm talking to men in general, because as we talked about last week, if you have if you if you're being exposed to other children, whether you're an uncle, you know, whether, you know, it's, a, it's a, one of your kids friends, whether it's, you know, you, you know, in the church in some kind of a group, little league or whatever it may be, co-workers, younger guys in the workplace, you know, you have a responsibility to show them what a man looks like and how a man conducts himself and handles his business. 
Uh, oh yeah, without just- a doubt, man. And and just to give you a little insight on me, and you know this, you you were you know we we sat in the same group together. You know, I thought as a man, you know, uh, somebody close to me was having issues with their son. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And then after, you know, several of our meetings, you know, for like a month straight, it was all about raising children and raising men. And I finally realized that I'm not just to pray for them or pray for the single mother that's trying to raise them. It's my duty to step up and stand in and help them literally be a figure, a father figure to them. So it doesn't just stop, like you said, it doesn't just stop at your own house. It extends out, you know, to any men or any children or any young boys who don't have a father or have a lack of a good father figure for us to step up and stand in the gap for them. I mean, this is so crucial, man. I mean, these young boys need to be fathered and mentored by men. And quite honestly, we just got a bunch of dudes that don't want to do it or they're afraid to do it or they don't feel like they're equipped to do it. I mean, there's a number of different situations, but I want to kind of touch on how this becomes kind of a vicious cycle, right? Because what mm-hmm. what you see is, and I know this firsthand because my parents got divorced at a, at a very early age. I think I was four years old when my parents got divorced. But what it, one of three things happens with a single mom. You know, my mother raised five kids in a housing project on welfare, you know, so we had a pretty tough upbringing. Now, either a mother overcompensates mm-hmm. because she feels guilty because the father is not an active role in the kid's life. So she overcompensates, babies, coddles, uh, uh, goes out of her way to, to, to make the, the boy happy. That, that's one scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Two, the, the, the mother's either jaded, hurt, or scarred by the father so much that now she's seeking validity and value in her son to make her feel good about herself. So she, now she wants to please him, take care of him, nurture him, baby him, provide for him because that way he loves his mama, right? Or the third thing happens is a woman either then becomes too hard, you know, where she's trying to overcompensate for the fact the, lack, the lack of masculinity that the boy has and she's too aggressive and she's too hard and she's too pushy and she's too overbearing. And in all three situations, right it affects a boy negatively. And it's not the woman's fault because she's trying to, she's trying to fill the role of a father and a mother. And it's, it's not for her to be, have to do that. I mean, she shouldn't have to do that. Right. So what ends right. up happening is, is the boys grow up and they used to being babies and coddled. Mom is still cutting their steak. We still wa- She's still washing their clothes. She's, she's cleaning their rooms. You know, they're living in the basements. I mean, right now I went and did a statistical study that of millennial males, 41% of them live at home with their parents. Man. Versus millennial females, 32%. You think we've wow. got a problem here? Do you realize oh, that yeah. the first time in this country's history, up until this pandemic hit, that we had more women in the workforce than we had men? Right. It's insane. I mean, now we got this. There's nothing against women being in the workforce. They can be no. in the workforce. But the That's problem awesome. is, yeah, the problem is, is that men ain't stepping up. They're not yeah, doing their I mean, job. And you know what? We're all just as guilty as the other. You know what I mean? We all do our best. We all fall short at some point in time. I get it. But if you're not even willing to 
step up and realize what your responsibilities are or seek what your responsibilities are. And if us as Christian men aren't willing to step in the gap and show these lost boys what it is to be a man, we're all at fault. Well, I mean, think about it from this standpoint, in all fairness, how do these boys know how to step up when they've never been taught how to? How do they become a man when they've never had a man teach them how to be a man? I mean, when they've had somebody taking care of them and coddling them their whole lives, what happens when they face that first adversity in their life where they have to step up their backs against the wall? How do they respond? It's funny because uh, a little story I want to share with you. My wife and kids and I were going on a trip we were at the airport and we were up there at the, the ticket counter. You had to go to the, these days, you go to the kiosk and you punch everything in. It prints off your bag tags. You put them on your bags. You give them to them at the, at the ticket counter, right? Well, we're sitting up here, mm-hmm. and this guy walks up, and he's like, uh, got his bags, and the lady looks at him, and she says, now, mind you, this guy's probably mid-30s. The lady says to him, uh, sir, you need to have a, a, a bag tag on there. He says, well, I, I don't have one. She says, well, you got to go to the kiosk and, and you know, print it out and put it on your bag. And he's like, I went to the kiosk. And she said, well, I'm sorry, you got to go back to the kiosk. Well, this, this dude starts throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of the airport talking about he went to the you know, bleepity bleepity bleep kiosk and he couldn't get the bleepity bleep ticket and this lady's a bleep and going off and I'm looking at him I'm like oh my god what is up with this dude my kids are looking at me going dad you know what's going on with this guy and uh, I'm like I don't know so about 20 minutes later we walk up to the gate and we look over and here's this guy sitting there with a wife and two children and I'm thinking to myself this guy who could not even control himself in the middle of an airport because of a stinking bag ticket is raising two children. Mm. Now, how is he going to respond when adversity hits in that house? We already know how he's going to respond. He's going to throw a a, a damn temper tantrum. And that's exactly what it was. You know why? Because he's probably one of them dudes who was brought up the way that I just described and that's how he gets what he wants. He throws a tepitant. And that's how he's been taught how he gets the results that he's looking for. And as you sit back yeah, and look either, at it, Yeah, you go, either that or they go the complete opposite way. And they depend on their wife or significant other to answer all the – to deal with all the problems for them. I yeah, got they hide behind their this. wives. Yeah, I behind Right, I'm too tired for this. And just like the ones who were raised by their moms and just overcompensated for, when it happens – they go right to the wife and go, here, you deal with this. You, you take care of it. I, I don't have time to handle it. Well, it's funny. I was talking about this to my daughter the other night because we go on these walks. We've been walking every night together, and, and we were talking about this. And, and I said to her, and she said, yeah, Dad, you need to use this in your podcast. And I, I said to her, I said, we expect these boys to wait to, to swing swords, and they can't even cut their own steak. Oh. They got their mamas oh, cutting their steak. Oh. And we're, we're expecting these guys to swing swords. Oh, I mean, dude, that's, that's, that's nailed it. And my daughter's 17 years old and she's looking at me going, dad, I mean, that's so on point because she sees it. She sees these younger boys that are coming up and and for her generation and the ones that have come before her, it's, she sees it, you know, it's like, but you know what? I want to tell you, I'm going to say something. This is probably going to piss a few dudes off, but it needs to be said. It's our fault. It's 100% the man's fault. And I'm getting so sick and tired of men pointing fingers at women 
and using them as a scapegoat or everything else around us because we refuse to step into the gap and do what we're supposed to do. The number one right. uh, thing contributor, I think, that, that causes this, and it's even in the church, is a lack of mentorship. We don't have Truth. any mentors anymore, right? We have, we have nobody stepping in the gap and being mentors. And you, you, even see it, you even see it in the church, you know, with these young guys that come up. And I, I want to know who created this, this young adults, uh, adolescents. I mean, because the last time that I looked in the Bible and read it, it never said anything about a boy becoming an adolescent and then becoming a man. It says he's a boy and then he's a man. And yet we've created this, this, this stigma that allows boys to be lazy, uh, unresponsible, disconnected, and codependent. So, right. And, we, 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 you know, it. just to back that up, man, you've got uh, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, each, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am always to, surely I am with you always to the very end of age. It tells us right there, we are, we are to go out and to teach, to make disciples, to make men, godly men. Yeah, we, we have to it's our do job. That without, without mentorship. So we're, we're lacking big time mentorship in the church. And part of the biggest reason is, is we don't honor the older men in our churches the way that we should. We, we look right. at them, we want this 30-something picture of our church, and we want to leave older men and make them feel like they don't have any significance or any value anymore. And so the younger men, they don't feel like they need them. So whatever, you know, I, no. I, you know, we got these. And then the older guys, quite honestly, they're checked out. They're like, hey, they don't need me. I'm done. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going towards retirement. I'm, I'm past all this. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But somebody else is going to pick up the slack. And the bottom line is, is we need men. We need older men to step up and help these young men become godly men. And that's, and even if you're not in the church and you're not a Christian, you need to find yourself a male mentor. Real quick statistic, real quick, that I picked up too. 93% of men in the workforce that have male mentors will, are get hired as mid-management level, at mid-management level. 93%. Wow. You know that, that men that have male mentors in the workplace make an average of nine thousand dollars more a year than, than other people so if it, if it has that kind of an impact in the workplace what kind of an impact would it be in our spiritual lives or our walk as men if we had and our men homes. in our lives to teach us yeah in our, the church the community and it goes on and on the other thing too is is there's a lack of understanding of true masculinity you know, we have this idea that if you can work with your hands or you can build something and you're strong and you're fast, that makes you a man. Wrong. You need to pick up the Bible and read it. God says it's about the heart of a man. And the first, you will know you become a man when you learn how to die unto yourself. When you figure out that it's not about you and it's about everybody else, that's the first sign of maturity and the first sign of true masculinity. Um, just for time's sake, because I know we're, we got, we're up against the wall and I don't want to go too far, but the the bottom line is, is that we need to make sure that we start taking some responsibility, not only for ourselves, but for other men. And we got to quit making excuses and pointing fingers at everybody else. It's easy for us to look at the younger generation and say, oh, they're soft or they're this or they're that. Well, the question I got for the men that are listening to this podcast, what are you doing about? 
where are you stepping up and how are you filling in the gap? What are you, what is your role in this? How are you going to help other men, young men become real men and godly men? And if, if you, if you ain't willing to step up and get up and man up, quite honestly, you just need to shut up because Amen. At, the the, at, the, at the end of the day, talk is cheap. We need guys that are going to do something. Um, and, and here's another thing too. We should always, always be in the middle. We should have a mentor and we should be mentoring. We right. should, we, it, it needs to be a steady cycle. You got Galatians uh, 6, 5 through 18 there? I'm going to pull it up right now. Keep chatting. But while you're doing that, the other part of it is, is I want to say something to the young men out there real quick. You have a responsibility to, to be humble. And you Amen. need to have a desire to be able to reach out to other men. You want to become a man? Humble yourself and ask another man for help. Find yourself a man that you look at and say, that's the type of dude that I want to emulate and be like. So that's number one. Number two, yeah. for the guys that are the older generations out there, you guys got to step up. Take ownership of these young guys. They need you. So, uh, And, and that's the truth. To- and that's what I was saying about – sorry, John. I'm sorry. You got to be in the middle. You've got to be in the middle. You got to have a mentor, somebody guiding you so that you can pass that wisdom and knowledge down to the person that you are mentoring. So, you know, I've got, because just for time's sake, bro, we're probably going to have to go go, because we're right up against the wall right now. But I do want to close with this. This right now, we need a call to arms. Man's, men that are listening to this podcast right now, you need to stand up and be counted. Quit making excuses. Quit pointing fingers. Give words of encouragement and hope. And always remind each other that we're in this fight together. These young guys need you. You older guys out there right now, we need you so desperately to come alongside us and help us become the men that God has called us to be. We've got so many other things going on. We've got other dudes that are in their ears. These guys got other bad and negative influences. They need some guys that are going to step up and show them the right way. And I tell you, if we can just come together and stand in the gap for one another, that's going to drastically change the viewpoint of the life that we have. So, Ray, what do we got going on next week, man? Next week, since we just got done discussing, you know, what it is to be a man and are we even ready to be men yet? Next week, we're going to discuss who makes a man a man or who tells a man or validates a man to be a man. Man, that's going to be a great topic, man. I can't wait till next week. That's going to be exciting. Amen. And you know what? At the end of the day, bro, that's where the rubber meets the road. (laughs) Oh, yeah.